0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Minute Maid Park in Houston. It's the Astros 7, the Guardians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And this is going to have to be a short episode, because if you can't hear it, I have a wicked sore throat. I don't know where this came from. As soon as we finish this, I'm going to go back to chugging Robitussin and uh, drinking chicken noodle soup. But let's get through this really quickly. Let's talk the storylines. Hopefully, I'll be feeling better tomorrow, and we can go into more detail. So, uh, top storyline for me, uh, Valdez for the Astros had a plan against Guardians hitters, and he absolutely executed it. If we go over to the illustrator here, by the way, Valdez goes seven innings pitched on this game, seven hits, only three earned runs allowed, though. No walks, four strikeouts, uh, the solo home run was, I mean, really the the biggest damage against him. I mean, at the time the other two runs score, they're already up 7-1. to one. So we do scratch across two more runs on him in his last two innings. But at that point, I mean, Houston had pretty much taken their foot off the gas. They were cruising to a victory. We only hard hit Valdez four times. Now, if we go over to the illustrator here, and we can flip this around and look at the batters. And let's look at what they did, what Valdez was doing against him. Because you can see what's clear here. Uh, for Straw, the plan was to attack with the hard stuff. Attack with the sinkers. He mixes in a few curveballs. But the plan is to keep stuff down. Keep it at the belt or keep it below the belt. Straw does get him for a nice uh, double uh, that does lead to one of those runs. but The plan was to keep things down. For Ahmed Rosario, the plan was to stay away. The plan was to stay outside, get some to uh, chase, to do some bad check swings at a ball over his head. Um, but the plan looked like it was to stay outside on Ahmed Rosario. The plan for Jose Ramirez was to go down and in. Uh, and this led to one of the most epic at-bats of all time. But the plan, clearly if you look at the illustrator here, no matter what pitch he's throwing, him, uh, the two-seamer, the sinker, the change-up, the curve, the cutter, it's all down and in to Ramirez hitting from the right side. For Owen Miller, the plan was to stay down. Yeah, there was a one forcing fastball at the top of the zone, one curveball that got away, but the plan was to stay down at the knees no matter what. For Josh Naylor, the plan was to work the outside edge. There were a couple of uh, sinkers that sink back over the inside edge of the plate, but for the most part, uh, everything except two pitches is middle of the plate to the outside of the plate. So that was the plan against Naylor. For Firmeo Reyes, it looked like the plan was probably to stay away from him. There were a few pitches he goes down and in, um, but mostly working away against Firmeo Reyes. For Oscar Mercado, the plan was definitely down and away. Uh, for Ernie Clement, the plan was to just stay down below, the, you know, at the knees. For Austin Hedges, also down and away. All hard stuff, all down and away. So, Valdez had a plan that's very evident here against each hitter. And he pretty much executed that plan except for a few base hits that snuck in there, mostly from Jose Ramirez. But that was the plan for Valdez, and it worked. I mean, my God, this guy rattles off 13 ground balls against the Guardians, 13 ground ball or outs against the Guardians, only one fly ball out. And, I mean, that is exactly who Valdez is. He, uh, he For a career, he's a 66.2% ground ball pitcher. So far in the season, he's at 66.5. I mean, last year he was up at 70.4% ground balls. This guy is a ground ball pitcher. He's actually at the lowest for fly balls that he's been his entire career. For his career, he's a 12% fly ball pitcher. This year, he's down at 8.7. It's even more extreme. So yeah, so Valdez does a great job against these guardian hitters. Now, Jose Ramirez does have one of the at-bats of the season here. He fouls off so many pitches in this first inning, and I mean, it was the battle of all battles, and it's not the first time that he's done this against Houston. He did it in Cleveland one time and ended up finally hitting a double. This time, he takes him to a 12-pitch at-bat, throwing everything at him. Sinkers, curves, sinker, curve, changeup, forcing fastball, sinker, cutter, sinker, finally leaves a sinker in the middle of the plate, and he absolutely demolishes it. 104.1 miles per hour, 388 out to left field. I mean, what can you say about Jose Ramirez? Every time he came to the plate yesterday, he had a professional at-bat. He had a pro at-bat every single time he's up. He gets the home run here. He would hit a double uh, in his next at-bat. Then he would come up with a runner on base, on third base, less than two outs. And he would hit a ground ball to bring that run in. A pro at-bat adding another RBI to his, not just league leading, Major League Baseball leading. Uh, He adds two RBIs on the day. So it's huge stuff from Jose Ramirez. He's now up to... I believe he's up to 43 RBIs on the season. Let's see here. Yeah, 43 RBIs on the season for Jose Ramirez. So it's pretty uh, good stuff for Ramirez versus Valdez. Unfortunately, we cannot say the same thing for anybody else on the team. Straw does get a double, does come in to score. Um, Clement did go two for four on the day. So okay day offensively for Clement. I know a lot of people were complaining That this is our platoon against left-handed pitching, right? You bring in Ernie Clement and Oscar Mercado, you're not inspiring a lot of confidence from the right side. You're not bringing in a lot of thump to the right side of the plate against these lefties when you're bringing in Mercado and Clement. Clement did have a terrible play out in left field. He admitted after the game, I should have caught this ball. But he's dealing with the corner of those boxes where they jut out, which is just dumb, dumb which is just, I mean, I can't believe they're allowed to design a park with like a right angle out there in left field. Um, so he's dealing with that for the first time. He's clearly worried about crashing into that brick wall and uh, doesn't even read the ball correctly. So Clement, even though he goes two for four at the day, uh, that led to a run scoring. So not a great day for Clement either, uh, getting a chance in the starting lineup. All right. So the last thing we got to talk about is uh, act And It started out looking like it was going to be a good start for Plisak, but it ends up falling apart. He only lasts four and two-thirds, gives up nine hits, seven runs, all earned, one walk, five strikeouts, and a big home run alone. On 90 pitches, he's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. And you know what? The problem with Plisak is he created his own mess. He kept creating his own mess, and then he couldn't get out of it. Uh, With two outs, In the third inning, he hits Maldonado. Then Altuve singles, goes up and gets a high fastball and singles. Okay, fine. He walks Brantley, dances around Brantley, and he brings up Bregman. And frankly, he gives him one right down the middle to Bregman. And he ends up shooting. That's the double in the left field. That's not the one that Ernie Clement should have caught. uh, But he does drive a double into left field. Uh, This pitch was right down the middle of the plate, and... I mean, you can't start an at-bat like that. You've worked yourself into a hole. And then he hangs a slider right down the middle. And he hits at 102.7 miles per hour in the left field. So once again, Flesak had a chance to get out of the inning. Hits the ninth guy in the lineup. Creates his own mess for himself. And he ends up giving up two runs. Then, in the bottom of the fourth inning, again with two outs. He gives up a single to Jeremy Pena. Fine. But then he is so obsessed with picking off runners at first base, he ends up making an error, throwing it into the seats. Pena moves up to second. And then McCormick is the one that hits that double that Clement should have caught. But anyways, it scores Pena from second base. If Pena is still on first, does he score? I don't know. I don't know. But once again, uh, Plisak does something to create a mess for himself, and he can't get out of it. And then in the fifth inning, it's the third time around for these guys, and they just start lighting them up. Jose Altuve singles on a ground ball in the left field again to kick things off. Uh, how far into the at-bat was this? Um, it was a 1-1 count, and he uh, he jumps on a fastball down the middle of the plate. Brantley would then come up. Brantley would work a long at-bat, and then he would single on a line drive into center field. He would eventually get a changeup out over the plate. Uh, Brantley, we know, a very professional hitter, just takes that thing back up the middle. Uh, Bregman would strike out. He would get uh, Bregman to strike out, do a good job of getting him to expand the zone with a slider and strike out. But uh, Jordan Alvarez would take an outside pitch, shoot it into a left field. That's just a pro at bat right there. This isn't really, I wouldn't say any of this is police ex-fault until Kyle Tucker comes up. Uh, he would get Griel to strike out pitching on five pitches. He would again get him to expand the zone for the slider all right, so he's he's proven this inning. He can actually get guys out, even in a jam. Even with runners on base, he can get guys out, getting them to expand the zone with that slider. And then Kyle Tucker comes up, gets him to swing at a four-seam fastball on the outside edge, gets him to foul off a curveball down at his knees on the inside edge, and then just hangs one. Goes back with a curveball. Instead of going to the slider, which he's already proven he can expand the zone with the slider, I wondered how many sliders actually, how many sliders he throws to uh, left-handed hitters. With the left-handed batters up, he didn't use the slider once. It's all curveball change fastball against the lefties. Well, he paid for it here. I mean, the slider was the pitch that was getting him out of this inning. It got two strikeouts already. Instead, he absolutely hangs a curveball down the middle on an 0-2 pitch. There was no Need for this. He could have put this one in the right handed batter's box. You got to make Tucker expand the zone in this situation. Instead, he hangs one right down the pipe and uh, 104.5 miles per hour, 410 into the bullpen's in right center field. So, Plisak did it to himself each time. And it's hard to watch. It's getting hard to watch Plisak out there just keep, keep struggling, keep digging these holes. He just, it never seems to come together for a full game for Plesek. He looks good for a few hitters, and then all of a sudden he ends up in one of these situations again. Uh, The four-seam fastball was not very effective. He got one whiff on 25 swings. It was to Tucker, actually. A 14% CSW on that pitch. The slider was effective. Eight whiffs on 17 swings. A 47% whiff rate. Didn't get any call strikes on it, but a 47% whiff rate on that slider. Uh, the curveball only got that w- only got one whiff uh he only threw it nine times uh and one of them goes for the home run. so yeah it's not a great it's not a great game for policeac and I mean man it's it's been a struggle. I feel like every time we talk about presec it's something mechanical or it's something mental. The guy's got he he talks after the game like he feels like he's close like he's executing. We're just, I mean, we're not seeing it at all. Uh, I, I i struggle every time he's, you know, going to be the starting pitcher. I get really worried because uh, it's been a struggle all season for Zach Plisak. Uh, the bullpen does come in and do a good job of shutting everybody down. De Los Santos, Ghost look good getting him back out there. Uh, and Eli Morgan looked dominant in the ninth inning. Frankly, there's a lot of people out there that think maybe Eli Morgan should be getting these starts. I gotta say, it would be interesting to see what Eli Morgan could be doing right now with the opportunities Plesak is getting, because Morgan is pitching pretty good out of the bullpen. Could they stretch him back out to a starter? Uh, yeah, they. I, it's going to be really interesting to see how long they ride with Plesak and Savali, who are both really, really struggling. All right, well, that is all my thoughts on this one. We got our butts kicked. By the Astros on this one. I told you it was going to be a short episode. You can hear my voice is barely hanging in there. Uh, I appreciate you sticking with me on this Cleveland Baseball Mornings. Hopefully, we'll see what we can do. We got another night game. I'm surprised on a Wednesday getaway day. Uh, it's not a day game, but we got another night game, another 8-10 start. It's going to be Quantrill going up against Javier. Uh, we need Quantrill to, he you know, his ERA is looking okay. The record's still one and two. We need him to continue to settle in the way that uh, Tristan McKenzie has settled in as a starter. Bieber is his own set of problems, but he's still pitching effectively. Uh, So we need Quantrill to settle in and kind of stabilize this rotation. Because we don't know what we're getting from Plesek and Savali right now. So we need Quantrill to be our number three guy right now. So we'll see what Quantrill can do against the Astros. We showed that these guys are beatable in game one. Can we come back and do it in game two? Javier is a righty. So, you know, the lefty bats are going to stay in the lineup, right? Jimenez will be back in there. Naylor's will stay in there. Quan will be back in there. So our better lineup will be out there with a righty on the mound. So let's see what these guys can do. Series is tied up. We got to go win it now. We got to go win it in the final game. All right. That is all my thoughts. Again, the final from Houston. It's the Astros 7, the Guardians 3. I will say that this was not the biggest news to come out of Texas. Obviously, yesterday, the tragic events that happened down there. Um, I got a lot of thoughts about that. But you know what? This is a baseball podcast. We're just going to stick to talking baseball. But, you know, a real tragedy down there. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to Anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So will my voice come back tomorrow? We will find out. But thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball morning.